ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Boom. All right, we're hot. Yay. I'm waiting on water. I see, uh, I don't see anymore, but I see the girls hanging out in the shade. Yeah, they have Huck? Is Huck they do. Guys? Yeah. Huck's over there. Yep, so. little Huck's with us. And then Lauren disappeared somewhere. Yeah, I think he went to go try to find out if he could do the gondola for them. Oh, and, oh that'd be cool. Yeah, we were telling them that it's going to be like a really hot box oven for about 15 <laughs> minutes each way. <laughs> There's a mini golf. Oh, I didn't know back that. Back here too, right, right on the other side of the gondola. Yeah. They probably like that. So sitting here with uh, my friend, Ali Schrag, and uh, kind of a different setting, right? Is usually it's you and Lauren. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, I think, when was that? Two days ago now? Yes. I sat down with Lauren. Yep. And uh, the heat was such that you were behind us and you, did, you missed that one. So this is a really cool opportunity for us to just kind of shoot the breeze. And yeah. Talk. Whatever we end up talking about. I like it. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm glad I get to sit down with you. So let's give, I mean, who doesn't know who Good Bull is? But when we hear Good Bull, we hear Good Bull, right? Um, we hear a little bit of Allie. We hear a little bit of Lauren. We hear a lot of Good Bull. Mm-hmm. But I would love for everybody just to hear Allie. Okay. So let's let's have at that and we'll see where it takes us. Well, I am definitely the other half of Good Bull. Um, Lauren and I kind of decided... Back in the day, I think it was 2017, that um, I had to do a lot of convincing. That might be Huck barking. Yeah. It's de- oh, no, it's not. That's well, a chihuahua. Yeah. Go figure. I know. They're, they're, they're aggressive. <laughs> um, so Lauren had uh, been into photography pretty much his whole adult life and um, did, never was really given the opportunity with his last relationship to really pursue that. And he just happened to be just kind of um, 
casually just showing me some pictures that he had taken in Yellowstone when he back when he lived in Montana. And I just the the type of scenery that I could tell that he was getting wasn't just, you know, something that you would see from a really big, um, you know, wildlife photographer that in National Geographic kind of thing. And it, he just really seemed to try to find the really intricate moments um, that not a lot of people get to see hanging hang out with those type of animals. Mm -hmm. And um, I had just started um, stuff on Instagram for, um, I'm a veterinarian and um, for my business. And I was like, you really need to start a page on Instagram. And he's like, no, no one's gonna wanna see that. And I'm like, you have really, I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I, I'm not a professional, but I, I would love to see more of this stuff. And um, he, he's like, okay, well, I guess. So we kind of started, you know, going out up to um, Rocky Mountain National Park. So we lived in Parker, uh, Colorado at the time. And it was about a two hour drive. And uh, that was the very first time he ever introduced me to a bull elk. Um, I grew up in Texas um, whole life. And the only exposure I ever had to elk was, um, you know, seeing them either on like a game farm type situ situation right. or, but I, ne I'm, I never, I don't think at that point I really ever heard an elk bugle on TV. So I had never even heard the sound from myself. And um, he took me up to Rocky Mountain National Park. We had an elk bugle, you know, right to us in a cemetery, no less. And I just <laughs> completely fell in love. So I was, you know, really passionate about that aspect of it and really passionate about being able to see him do something that he loves and have exposure um, just for people to be able to enjoy the photography too. Not a lot of people get to see that kind of stuff every day. So um, so back in 2017, we decided to actually make it a business and kind of do anywhere from photography, videography, that kind of stuff. And he taught me pretty much everything he knows about cameras. And I actually started picking up a still camera photography. In December, I was doing all the um, videography and like videoing hunts and stuff like that uh, until December. and. Now I'm taking still too, and he got me addicted, and now I'm just addicted to pretty much everything he's addicted Heck to. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's awesome. So th there's a couple things in there. Yeah. Um, the the draw of elk is one thing, right? Because mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. It's like done deal, mm -hmm. right? But then to to twofold that when you see your loved one so passionate about something, right. and then to be drawn into elk with that, mm -hmm. I mean that's like double jeopardy. Yeah as you're walking into right. Rocky Mountain National for the first time, right? right? I mean, right. that just has to be an amazing experience. It, it was, and sounds kind of pathetic, but I had gone to Estes Park several times before I'd even met Lauren, but I never even realized that Rocky Mountain National Park was actually in Estes, because mm -hmm. I always went for like trail running type things that weren't necessarily held in the park, um, or I was doing some work for like uh, flood relief victims that had lost their pets so we go up and try to do a search and rescue and ambulatory type thing um, as a veterinarian that so that was my exposure to Estes and then when he's like yeah we're gonna go to Estes I'm, I didn't even I had been there several times never saw an elk there when they're there all the time and lo and behold now that's where we live so heck yeah yeah you know it, it's funny that you say that you said it's kind of pathetic but I noticed that at home right I'll as I'll be out on a trail run or a mm -hmm. hike or whatever it is and I'll stop and I always take my glass and I'll be glassing something or I'll see something and people don't, that's not an anomaly where people don't realize yeah. that they're sur surrounded by wildlife right. and they're just impervious and they'll I'll hear people say, what in the heck is he looking at? And yeah. it's like, 
there's a deer 40 yards yeah. from you. Like you yep. have no idea it's there, really. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, it's not a pathetic thing. I think it's just, you know, when that light comes on, it just comes on, mm-hmm. you know. And the wildlife, I mean, we obviously have wildlife in Texas. We have, you know, we're known for our whitetail, uh, not, you know, eastern Midwest whitetail, but uh, we have some pretty good whitetail down there. And um, I definitely knew how to search for whitetail, but I kid you not, and this is going to go on record, the very first time I ever saw a mule deer, I literally thought it was an elk. And this was probably in 2005 (laughs) um, because the mule deer are so much bigger than the whitetail in Texas. I mean, their bodies are teeny tiny in Texas and they, you know, they're known for their antlers Mm -hmm. more than they are their body mass. So, um, yeah, the very first time I saw a doe mule deer, um, I I totally thought that was an elk at first. So (laughs) um, I was quickly, you know, corrected by whoever I happened to be with at that time. And no, that's just a deer. That's what the deer look like here. So, yeah, it was Definitely. Eyes like this big. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, so how big is a stinking elk? You know, <laughs> I mean, but now it's, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I just want to know everything about them. And I want to be able to engross myself in their behaviors and um, all throughout the year. Obviously, the rut is phenomenal. And every year, no matter how many times you get to experience, you always experience something more fulfilling yeah. and um, you know, now that we're so fortunate to actually live in the Mecca of that, you know, scenario as far as photography and videography is concerned, um, it's just really cool to be able to experience, you know, so many other things beyond that. Now I get to not have to be so concerned with just getting that, you know, perfect bull moment. I get to see how, you know, the, that this year's calves are reacting to this bull, like wrecking through the harem and, you know, the, some calves are like, what is this guy doing? Why is he also, I mean, he was just our friend like two weeks ago, you know, <laughs> why is he chasing off my other friend? And like, and it's funny to me, like when you look at Estes and you look at those behaviors, I mean that, and, and yeah, there's some conditioning in terms mm-hmm. of human interaction. But when you talk about that animal interaction, there's no difference no. from a parking lot in the middle of Estes to yeah. the middle of the woods. Exactly. I mean, it is what they do mm-hmm. on asphalt or what they do on dirt is yep. pretty much identical, yeah. except to slip it and slide when they get to running. Yep. Yeah. And they're just, I mean, the people that are around them are just another, you know, obstruction that they're having to, you know, meander through and get through in order to get to where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be yeah, that's Huck. Okay. Roseanne's over there taking pictures of him. Oh, there he goes. Now the Chihuahua's back at it. Chihuahuas are mean yes. little cuss. They, um, they're better guard dogs for their owners, especially if they're in their laps than, you know, some German Shepherds are. Yeah. And, oh. gosh. Pit, actually, so pit bulls, you know, everyone gives pit bulls this horrible rep. And they are a hundred times sweeter than by a nature chihuahua. than a Chihuahua. Yeah, Chihuahuas ever. are. So Napoleon dogs. people need to start, you know, worrying about the chihuahuas that are around them, if, <laughs> especially if they're in their owner's lap more than anytime we see a chihuahua coming in on the schedule at work. We're like, oh, great. It's going to be a yeah. going to be allowed Put one. on our safety gloves so we don't get bit because we're going to have to grab the dog from the owner kind of thing. So, yeah, what, yeah. I wonder what, what were they used for? Like, what was that breed? Um, so they were actually used as guard dogs in Mexico. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and to help get a lot of the rodents um, off the properties in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So if they're doing, um, like growing the tobacco, growing um, cocoa, that kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously illegal drugs that they were, you know, right. th- those so kind of plants and stuff. It. Yeah, so they, they're by, by nature, they're definitely more aggressive and more owner aggressive than 
a lot of other breeds. They drive me crazy with that barking. No yep. offense to the Chihuahua people. No, no. I, our, so Lauren's parents are, I mean, they probably had, I think, 18 different Chihuahuas in their lifetime. And they, I mean, they live until they're 18, 22 years old. Wow. And so they're, I mean, they're avid, avid Chihuahua people. And, uh, you know, that's how some people are. Yeah, you so, can have them. Not me. I yeah. ain't a Chihuahua guy. So no. where does, where does, so you guys chase elk all year mm -hmm. i mean every day yep. all year where does hunting one fit in to that and then where did hunting come in for you so to be able to fit it in just in general is getting harder and harder the more you know engrossed in the actual media part of you know chasing elk um then you know it's kind of taking precedence almost um but we we try to at least you know go up every weekend to our unit um, if we can instead of you know a lot of people take you know maybe a week or two weeks off in a row since we live in Colorado and we li you know we live in that um, you know area where you can get an over the tag um, you know or, sorry over the counter tag you know really easily we can pretty much go just up on weekends and mm -hmm. do weekend hunts um, but at least for so I haven't physically gotten a tag for an elk yet. I've been the caller pretty much every year. But, yeah, you we're going to get into that yeah, one. Yeah, but we've, and, but we've hunted them every single year. We've never been like, nope, we're not going to hunt them this year because, you know, photography just is too much. But mm -hmm. I can, we would definitely both agree that the photography is kind of more so and more so every single year, especially, you know, when we're getting with Incredible, you know, right behind you there. Yeah. Like, and if we can get out in the meadow with him all by ourselves and call him in and get him, you know, going and doing stuff. I mean, Lauren's like, I... I feel almost the same as, you know, being able to hunt minus the fact of me being upset when we're on our way, you know, back to the vehicle because some other person, you know, scared the animal that we were trying to hunt down. So, so it's exactly like public land hunting. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Ex you know, exactly. Except, you know, people actually try to ride, you know, these out, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> but um, I definitely, I'm, I haven't not gotten a tag because I don't want to hunt. It's just because I, don't feel as confident in my shot right now to feel like I could um, do that animal justice to make mm -hmm. a, a clean shot. Um, and the last thing I want to do is, you know, do something to just harm them and them have to suffer and uh, that be on me. And right. so if I'm going to do it, I want to make sure that I am pulling back as much as I can and doing it steady and doing it right and doing it clean and doing the animal justice and us justice as well. So I'm working on my Acubo pretty much three times a week and right before I started all my treatment I I was at 55 pounds I think and then uh, a couple years ago I was drawn back 75 so the fact that some, right now I'm lucky if I can hit 25 and when last year I thought I had trained up really well we went to Shields I was gonna get a new bow I was gonna get a new Hoyt I was so excited they put me in to you know test it out I couldn't draw it back at 35 pounds so I had to go down to a little you know mission just one that, you know, you can um, adjust Ride the your weight. different weight and everything. So, yeah, I'm still on the low end. So I think it's, I'm, I'm probably just a lot more nervous about, even though I can pull it back more weight and more weight, I don't feel as, I'm as steady as I should be mm -hmm. at that weight, if that makes sense. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, to no. me, it's it's about being, you know, getting behind that string and that, right, right it's it's the ethical thing to do yeah. to make those judgment calls. Because there's people that rush that. Mm -hmm. People that rush it every season with yep. two weeks before season, they're at the range. Yep, yep. Um, so it's the ethical thing to do. Yeah. 
Um, and there's, as long as we're getting string time, mm -hmm. right. And, and just keeping, I hate saying it, that, that muscle memory there. Yep. Um, but just staying fresh, right behind exactly. that string, looking down that peep and just sending arrows. Yep. That's huge. Yep. And then you guys are so engulfed in elk all the time. Yes. Now, do you, I know the answer. <laughs> I already know the answer. It's okay. You can ask it anyway. Do you feel like there's times where it's like, ah, all right, Mr. Elk. No. None. Mm -mm. Right. There's just there is that with deer. powerful. There is with bucks mm -hmm. for me. Not, I can't, I don't think for Lauren, but for bucks, definitely. I mean, I'm like, well, okay. It's, I mean, yeah, it's nice. It's big. It's definitely big, but I never get that same, like, oh my God, I want to see more of you that right. I do with elk. And you know, I, I get that way sometimes with cows too, just uh, because you know, during the winter time, they get pretty feisty with each other mm -hmm. and you get to see them do some pretty, you know, bee type things to each other. And um, that that's behavior that you don't normally get to see. So never am I like, Ugh. One of the coolest experiences I've ever had, that was 20, 2019. So it was probably like June of 2019. We shot out me and a buddy for a, a day scouting trip. Mm -hmm. a day scouting trip. <laughs> a day scouting trip. An eighteen hour drive was a day <laughs> scouting trip. And we were in elk and the cows were bugling. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about something that blew your mind? Kinda. Yeah, yeah. Because you're around it, right? You you know, you're around the elk and it's not something that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. But to be there with them and they're bugling and you're just like why am I hearing bugles mm -hmm. in June? Yep. And then you make your way and it's like, oh my God, the cows are bugling. Yep. And you, there's really very little difference mm -hmm. in the tonal quality and the pitch. It sounds they'll like even a small do the, satellite. Yeah, they'll even do the chuckle and the bark and everything. Thank you. Um, and you want to say hi real quick? What's that? You want to just say hi real quick? No, it's your podcast. Oh, well, you just said it's he just They're here <laughs> tuning in to listen to you. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I... I heard that I think it was June or July for the very first time. And your initial response is, you know, it floods back, you know, rut season for you. And you're like, yeah, they're coming out early. And then you're like, wait a minute, there's one little, you know, bull here in this whole nursery of, you know, cows and calves. And you heard it over here. So does that mean there's, you know, a bull that's running early and trying to call, you know, cows in early? Nope. And then you physically see the cows doing it to try to call their calves away or to try to get their nursery in order. And you're like, wow, that's something okay. else. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's uh, slaying the, the whole mentality right there. Well, I've, heard, I've even heard people say cows don't bugle. Yeah. I've Warren's dad will swear by that. I've heard it. Yep. And I'm like, oh yeah, they do. I have video. I was going to say, we were like, <laughs> we have video. And he's like, there's no way that was a cow. Yeah. And, but I mean, that's just how he's, known elk and mm -hmm. that's how he's been around elk so he's never gotten to experience that firsthand isn't so. it funny so i'm going to ask you a question which i'd be very impressed nobody nobody has been able to answer this question with okay. Great. what I'm about elk <laughs> <laughs> what is it about elk what about elk so for me it's the amount of adaptability that they have with also so much consistency and tradition. So you are able to, in a way with this wild, majestic, huge animal that even though it's not a predator could you know hurt you if it wanted to um, and watch it go through all of its hormonal changes throughout the year 
go from wanting to fight everything, mate everything, and run everything off to being best friends a couple months later with the bull that it just, you know, broke its mm -hmm. third off during the rut, then watch them, you know, lose their main protection, drop that into just little mushroom nubbins, and then watch them grow it back up and, you know, sorry, <laughs> kind of watch them just grow and evolved and being able to get to get to not only experience that and just kind of be a fly on the wall to watch that happen, but also document it and turn it into a memory that you have. On top of that, having the privilege to possibly feed your family with something like that. And the amount it took of time, effort, strength, um, trying to figure out where you want to hunt, how you're going to hunt, taking the time to hunt, your families supporting you or not supporting you to hunt, the whole picture of it just, it's just crazy that that one animal just has that type of <laughs> power. On the flip side, I'm a veterinarian. I my, I just, any animal, I'm just pretty much obsessed mm -hmm. with as far as their quality of life is concerned. Um, but man, it's, they're, they're basically, elk are basically the same level to me of something that I love so much as, you know, dogs are. And it's, I, but at the same time, I want to hunt them. <laughs> Dichotomy just, of hunting, yes. right? So that, and that's an interesting thing. Um, and I don't know if maybe the, as a vet, maybe there's a spin on it that, that we haven't heard, but what, how would you explain that? Right? Because when you tell somebody like, I love that animal, I'm enamored by that animal. I am obsessed with that animal. I want to be with that animal. Look how beautiful that animal is. But at the end of the day, I want to kill and eat that animal. People don't understand that. Okay. I. I want to ask them, so that salad that you're eating, did you go and pick that salad out? Did you grow and harvest and grow that head of lettuce that you're eating? Did you try to do everything possible as a conservationist to make sure there's nothing, you know, trying to harm that animal to where it can actually grow and live its, you know, life to a potential where when it is harvested, it's not harvested out of just spite or it's not harvested um, by being eaten alive by other predators. Um, it's not, you know, you're conserving its livelihood by trying to protect that head of lettuce's other, you know, rows of lettuce. Um, <laughs> do you, I mean, no, you're literally just eating a leaf because you feel like it's bad to care about what you're eating so much that you want to make sure that it's preserved for eternity um, is something where I try to come from, I guess. A lot of people think I'm absolutely crazy and completely hypocritical because I am a vet, but I also hunt and they just can't get past the just you're just killing an animal. Right. You're I mean, there's so many organizations out there and people's opinions that just cannot be over flooded to some people. They can't get past what they've already heard or what people have conjured up in order to show them to make sure that's the only thing that they're seeing. Right. So yeah, it's, uh, I care so much about this animal that I want to make sure when it does pass that it is humanely passed and it was passed for a purpose mm -hmm. and not there are other you know predators out there that definitely eat for a purpose i don't and i i believe wolves obviously eat for a purpose but they also do other things 
than that. So when I say, you know, being killed out of spite, that's what I'm talking about is, you know, by predation, that's not that, necessarily the best. That's a weird di dynamic, right, with that mm -hmm. discussion because, you know, oh, we shouldn't do anything. We shouldn't kill these animals, you know, and you hear it, right? Let nature do nature's thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't, you can't go hands off when your hand has been in the pot for so long. I mean, we've affected that pot sit for hundreds of years now, right? So to think that it's not going to take another 150, 200 years mm -hmm. for our hand not to be affected in that, I mean, there, there's no way. Mm -hmm. We're not stopping our growth and our expansion into wild places. How is that, how is that better than what we are doing as hunters, right? right? And I don't want to I don't want to tout the conservation aspect of it, right? right? Because I think we fall back on that far too often because mm -hmm. there's other reasons that we do it. Right. Um, you know, the sat you just the, the satisfaction part of it mm -hmm. is one thing, right? Yeah. But to understand that that argument that they have is just absolutely weak. Right is just it's phenomenal and it's like wait a minute you like you said the blinders are so yeah. dark and they're so far out here mm -hmm. like you shut everything else off it's just uh. a lot of people just I, they want to argue for the sake of arguing not necessarily arguing for what they're believing in right there's there's a difference between stating what you believe in and just stating it and knowing that people are going to either want to hear it or they're not and there's trying to literally hold that person down, strangle them down, and shove that information right. in their face or where they can no yeah. longer breathe type of, mm -hmm. you know, fighting for your argument's sake. Hi, how you doing, so, ma'am? Hey. Can I grab a sticker? Absolutely, Absolutely. grab a, uh, grab a bracelet there too. This, this organization is here out of Utah, it's Disabled Outdoorsmen. And what they do is they take uh, disabled folks out and get them out in the outdoors, whether it be fishing or hunting, you know, wing shooting and whatnot. Um, they're doing some great work here in the state. So yeah, take one of those bracelets. If you never even wear it, just look them up and, you know, I'll maybe be something. Yeah. He, he, him and his wife both are oh, he's wonderful. Oregon, so. oh, okay, okay, great. Yeah, so we just happened to come up here and I thought, oh, this is fun. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Good talking to you. Enjoy your trip down. Thank you. Go do Utah. Yeah. Um, when it's not on fire, just like Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know, that whole realm is just mm -hmm. so, so interesting to and, me. It's like get your blinders off yeah. and you know what's funny about it is you're and i and it's probably the worst part it's like you're not even making a decision based on your opinion mm -hmm. or the information that you have put together or right. pulled out of these different places right but this side this side or mm -hmm. somewhere down the middle this is information that one person two persons you know, whatever you're looking at is giving you and you're not even looking at that and, and saying, well, there's always the another side to the coin. Right. What's over here exactly. and let me form my own opinion. Exactly. That's something that Laura and I have tried so very hard to instill in our girls. It's they'll, you know, a lot of their information. And unfortunately, there's been so many social avenues that have now, you know, been taken over by political views. And that's just another political polarization avenue. And they, it's hard for them to separate um, the fact that, okay, because I clicked on this one thing, now the analytic side, which, you know, their dad is phenomenal at and knows to a T, um, that analytic side is now knowing, okay, she clicked on that. She stayed on that for 15 seconds versus right. all these other ones that she Here's just flipped through. Yep. And now we're just going to flood her with this information and make her think that she's seeing it because that's what she believes. 
And we're, they have every right to their own opinion, but it has to be an informed opinion. And the only way that can informed opinion can be is if you look at the other side yep. and research that as well. So that way you can be informed on the positive, the negative, the you know middle ground, and then be able to walk away and say, okay, I got all the information. This is how it made me feel. This is where I'm going forward. Right. So. And, there's, and, and then what's funny to me, another thing that's funny, a lot of that's funny <laughs> to me, but it's, there's nothing wrong with disagreeing. Right. Right. There's, there's absolutely nothing absolutely, wrong with yeah. disagreeing of having an opposing viewpoint. Yeah, right. Doesn't mean that you have to hate me or hate what I do right. or hate what I'm about and, and, you know, vice versa. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm actually going to respect you more if you are able to have, which you don't see a lot, uh, uh, intelligent informed conversation, debate, however yep. you want to look at it, back and forth, and you could walk away and say, okay, we still don't agree, but I, but I respect, yeah. I respect your view, mm -hmm. right? And and yes, I may have learned a little bit of something yeah. for you, something that I'll walk away with yeah. and say, well, let me, let me at least look at that, yeah. whether it changes it or not, yep. who yep. knows, but. I might still disagree, but hey, I, I learned something today that I didn't before because yeah. I actually listened and then I talked about how I felt about mm -hmm. it and they listened and I mean, like where did that go? I I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's like social media just sucked it up, and where it doesn't. It go? I mean, I I I'm not trying to just say oh social media bad 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 because I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for social media. Right. But it's like there has to be other ways to use it for good instead of it just always being this like draining you know soul sucking thing. It it was made for entertainment and it was made for being able to do something else that you enjoy. Why can't it just still be that? Why does it also have to be doing all these other crazy negative things right. that when we were all growing up, that's not one thing that we ever thought about. It was, yeah, a lot yeah. of that was just your parents' view right. kind of became exactly. your view. And as you got older, you formed your own opinion right. of things. Right. Now your opinion is fed to you. Yeah. And like you said, right, they, the, the, the algorithm yeah. gods put it together in such that if you spent 10 minutes reading something, mm -hmm. just, just out of curiosity, yeah. Yeah. Now you're going to put that in front of me. And, and my thinking on it is that way, the more you see of it, the more you believe that that is yep. the general consensus of and, that. And the more topic. you're going to spread it to other people. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's. It's crazy. I, I and, learned it on social. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it's, I don't know if you just kind of a side note, the, um, so on Netflix a few months ago, there was a documentary, uh, created by, former higher ups in Facebook, Google, and Twitter that had been either had either left the company or been let go because they were kind of like, wait a minute, this isn't why we signed up for this. This isn't why we created this. We need, we're the ones that created this. We're the ones that put this out. We need to also be the people that are like pulling back the reins and, you know. And this is what and, it's being used for yep, now. And they just kind of exposed everything. Like all we are, anyone who is using social, we're just, you know, the puppets to spread you know the word and basically you know create more dollars and more mm -hmm. advertising and more you know and which can be awesome for if you're genuinely trying to do that to genuinely spread your word and if people like you they can use you if they don't then you don't you don't contact them anymore. Right. you don't have to troll them you don't have to do bad things you cool there's something else you like go for it mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah it's, it's weird it was a really we made the girls watch it and they're like oh my gosh oh my gosh i think we started to watch it and then that stuff triggers me. Yes. Like I can't do I can't do it anymore. Like 
it's I, like you know what i'll because it's easy for mm -hmm. me right like if i'm on social and there's something i don't want to see guess what i do i either unfollow it or I just keep going yep. like yep. i don't need to comment on it it's it's so easy to hit the the blue button mm -hmm. or the white button and turn it blue or just mm -hmm. swipe past that yeah it's like why are we what happened where we're so where that holds more importance mm -hmm. than having a face to like our we had dinner last night what did we sit down you guys sat down and talked for four or five hours yesterday I then we went to dinner and sat and talked and you know what i mean it's like what happened to that yeah. you know my wife just walked back in the in the booth that's why the wind started blowing it's the yeah. storm of my life <laughs> a good storm a perfect storm i said the love of my life a perfect I, storm I the storm <laughs> not all storm but see there's another thing right storms aren't always bad right You're the perfect storm yeah there you go you bring okay, you, there your there's your buddy you bring <laughs> you bring excitement and then you make everything all green and flowery when you're done yeah the flower <laughs> thing that, i don't like the flower air freshener in the bathroom by the way <laughs> I'm just being a retard, but I don't know. It, it's real funny. I mean, you know, good and bad. It's easy to yeah. pick and choose on that. But you know, like you said, I wouldn't. You know, that if it wasn't for social, I wouldn't be sitting right. here. I wouldn't have had the inkling to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know. You know, you and and Lauren. Yeah. And and you know, ninety percent of the people yeah. I know at these events, and you know, making our way through this demographic, we wouldn't. Yeah. We wouldn't know them. Yeah. So there's. I'm not you could pick and choose. Right. I'm not know? opposed to change. I'm not opposed to growth. I'm opposed to the fact that we not only kind of allow, but sometimes we even participate in where it can go really wrong. Mm -hmm. And but a lot of times when we are participating, it's like we've already gone down so deep before we even know that we're part of we're like even part of it. And there's no real way to even separate it now. It's like you either have to be bad and be part of it, or you can't even be involved in social. You can't try to do the good things. What's funny is within our demographic, uh -huh. right? And I may upset some people, who cares? Within our demographic, we are pretty conservative, mm -hmm. most of us, right? Yeah. Not to say everyone is, but pretty conservative in terms of For the most part, group, I would say, yeah. Right? And we are huge on sheeple type comments and mm -hmm. you know oh, you're just following this and your belief we are some of the freaking worst mm -hmm. when you talk about getting flushed into yeah. the abyss of i think yeah oh my lord i think it's because since we are mostly conservatives it's a lot of it is pushed by you know our gun rights and we don't like it when people say they're going to take away our guns mm -hmm. and that i mean that's that i feel like that's where the fuel is just like you know that's the ammunition you know to put a pun on it i guess right. <laughs> the whole scenario and it so yeah it's because we're conservatives and it's hard for us to forget that we're kind of conservatives and when people are threatening you know our livelihood and what we feel like this country was built on but that doesn't mean that we necessarily have to you know be part of the problem as well yes, so I, I understand everything you're saying yeah yep. gosh it's I guess, you know, we could probably have 20,000. Thanks, Huck. We could probably have 20,000 podcasts just on this, you know, oh, yeah. subject alone. Yep. But um, I, like I said, I'm grateful that social media has led me here, has led Lauren here, has, you know, our kids are able to at least see an example of, you know, what can, so, what social media can do for a family and for a business. Um, if you- Friendships. Yes, exactly, you know? exactly. 
our demographic. I mean, we're yeah. at this point, we're we are just about unless you're a super Trumper, um, we're society's outcasts. Right. Right. I mean, if you look at what we were hit with, you know, going through 2020 and mm -hmm. all the Senate bills and assembly bills, mm -hmm. and it's like, wow, yep. we yeah. are truly we are just, I don't know if we are not an outcast. We are right freaking right. there, right. you know, in the general population type thing as, as outcast, in my yeah. opinion. So <laughs> we have to do better, in my opinion, of coming together and understanding what we're doing and then what we're lending ourselves to maybe in naivety, yeah. you know, with all this stuff. And it's crazy. I think I'm still teetering on the brink of, you know, growing up in Texas, you know, hard conservative heart you know i so believe it or not george w bush is my eighth cousin i'm um huge you know pro bush senior reagan all about that um unfortunately the republican kids um and i say kids because their parents are republicans that are kids right now they never really got to see a good example all around of a republican president in office um i believe that Trump, I, I, I believe Trump did his best. I am grateful for the positive things that he did. I also know that he, you know, he made a lot of media mistakes that probably pushed him down further down the rabbit hole mm -hmm. than necessary. But at the same time, he didn't, you know, he didn't care. And that was one of the reasons why we ended up saying, you know what, you're going to be a lot better than Hillary for all these other reasons, right. but especially for that countries aren't going to mess with us or try to mess with us too much because they don't want to listen to you basically. And he did, you know, he did several positive things for us, but unfortunately, like my daughter, you know, who's 15, she never got to actually physically see a really, really good Republican, you know, president that wasn't, um, mouthy or, you know, mm -hmm. said inappropriate things. And so it's really hard for her to still kind of understand why we are conservative Republicans. And I, I can understand that. I believe that, you know, there's a lot of things that I do agree with and I do think are okay on the liberal side. Um, but that, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm just gonna turn around and, you know, die so, you know, someone can vote me and say right. that I voted for Biden, you know? So I, I think it's, um, you know, a, a real big thing, like we were saying earlier, as far as, you know, the information that we got was from our parents, our parents' belief. And now our, the parents in society right now are just fighting too many not adamant, like inadamant things to fight for the beliefs for their children, I guess. And right. There's too I, much competition. Well, that's that's it right there, yeah. right? Because you're competing with all these different platforms mm -hmm. where this where this information flood is coming from every single angle. We didn't have that, yeah. right? It was like you're watching, you know, Channel 7 and, you know, or you're reading the paper. Mm -hmm. What's what's a newspaper, right? right? What's a newspaper right. now? Who reads the newspaper? Huck. Huck is unruly, but he's over there with Mr. Unruly. Robert, Robert's over there spurring him on, trying oh. to make friends. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> he keeps scooting in. Yeah. I don't know, but Robert and uh, Lauren look kind of yeah. comfy and cute over there yeah, with the dog. Do. <laughs> Go get me that picture. <laughs> no, but it's, it, it, I don't know. I, and, and, you know, I'm looking at your daughter right now and I'm going, 
thank God ours are out of the house because it's it's like it's just heavier and heavier. No, I don't mean it like that, but I'm saying it's heavier and heavier <laughs> oh, you do. in okay. terms of I do kind of in terms of what we have to what they have to yeah. deal with as kids to discern what's accurate, what's not accurate. Mm -hmm. Where do my parents fall? Where do I fall? What's right? What's indifferent? There's just so much like it's hitting from every angle yeah. and it's like, okay, what's the easiest choice now? Yeah. Right. Is, is where I think a lot of people fall and it's just like, okay, what's the easiest choice? But isn't it crazy how much certain parties will use, utilize that possible rift or space between the kids and their parents? Because of all they, the outside things and just use well, they that. understand it. Yeah, and use that and just go for it and yeah. gun it and gun it and gun it. And so it makes, you know, every kid probably like, oh, yeah, my, my parents don't know anything what they're talking about because mm -hmm. these people understand me. They're, you know, why wouldn't I want to be, you know, right. part of this decision that. So, yeah, I it's. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. So it's, hunting. I'm just talking about <laughs> <laughs> so much simpler. Yeah. So elk. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a crazy, crazy world. And it's just I don't know. We get to come to these events and then we get to go chase elk and mm -hmm. deer and yeah. whatever else it is. And yeah. not that you get to forget about it, but it does refresh you. Yeah. Right. Those the September to December is like our refresh period. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. There's yep. some people that can never turn it off because they're not in the woods and they right. don't understand what's right. available to them. Right. Um, but it's so nice to be able to go turn stuff off. Yeah. Sorry. I'm getting a hug from my daughter. It's, it's her Estes Park Athletics. Yeah. What do you uh, what do you play? Oh, nice. Yes. What do you play in soccer? Our daughter was a soccer athlete. Yeah. They barely had enough players to make the team. And then uh, someone who I will not name happened to get the whole team quarantined. <clears throat> Sadie, who's, it's her 16th birthday today. Oh no, it's your birthday? Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. yeah. And she, she chose to be here in Utah with, with us. That's awesome. And Not eight. a bad place to be on your 16th birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were doing 8v8 or how did that look? I'm curious. I love, I miss watching soccer. Oh, that's not yeah. too bad then. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. And but that was like nonstop, right? Everybody's on the field the whole game. Did they shorten the games or any of the matches? They sh shorten the match time because of that? or they, No? Oh, that's cool. One sub. Yeah, she got she got COVID and quarantined everybody. Luckily, we were on... Stuff happens. Yeah, we were in Montana. And uh, so Nat didn't have to quarantine, but um, yeah, it was fun. But she's better now. Yeah. And they'll, they'll play next year. That's awesome. And they're going to play volleyball, which I think is going to actually be in the fall, right? Instead of the summer. It was so, so football was in the spring. Volleyball was in the spring. Like, everything was so messed up. Oh, that's yeah, weird. Yeah, that's fall sports. Yeah. It's like, I'm used to drinking some hot chocolate during football games, and this is just wrong. Yeah, that's weird. Football is a whole nother crazy passion of mine that I have to closet in because it's at the same time of you know hunting season so i dvr the games and that was a lot of of my hunting years were yeah. football and soccer yeah. so i would get literally get seven days if i was lucky because yep. what would happen is i would try and go and our son's playing football and our daughter's playing soccer our daughter played club soccer of all things oh wow um so it'd be travel 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 so it was so hard to miss so i would leave like friday night when when our boy hit high school i would leave friday night after 
his game, and then I would be back Thursday, so I wouldn't miss that next Friday's game. Yep. And I think there was once I missed the guard game. There was one game I missed when he was playing high school. Wow. But like our daughter, that was I, that's one thing I miss is is going out and watching them play. And yeah. That was, uh, that's one of the one of the voids. Probably yeah. Probably the only void. <laughs> Let me get close to the mic and yeah. say it. But it was nice because that's what I always tell her. When they're done, like, mm -hmm. it's on. Like, yeah. I'm in the woods. I'm on the mountain. Yep. And there ain't going to be no stopping. Yeah. No and stopping. It's nice because Nat really loves to go hunting with us. She loves to go camping with us. She loves to, you know, immerse, her, or immerse herself in that type of life. I mean... To be honest, now that she's 15, she's probably not as excited when, like, every day we're like, we're gonna go up trailers, take pictures. We're gonna, you know, she's like, we got that bull like three days ago. It's gonna be in the same spot. Like, um, <laughs> but you know, she, she definitely still goes out with us maybe once a week, and um, she loves that. You know, Lauren loves to take pictures, and she wanted to learn from him. We got her a camera that he's having to kind of work with. Some there's something wrong with the focus of it, but I mean, I love that she is at least, you know, interested enough to at least want to still spend time with us at 15. And I mean, that could change. And I don't know if I have any wood like directly by me to like knock on, but um, I hope it doesn't change too much. I hope whatever she gets interested in, she just wants to bring that along with instead right. of like taking her away. But, you know, she's our youngest. And as much as I look forward to the life of empty nesters, I also don't want to, you know, lose her. I think so. one of the coolest things is watching them knowing that you have prepared them the best you could mm -hmm. but then watching them at first semi-independently right walk their path and then call you when they for me call me when they need you get input on that path and then continue and you just see their you know so to speak of course their stride just gets right longer and longer and longer and so they got that gate and they're just full head on charging yeah. it's i don't think there's anything better as a parent i look forward to that yeah, I, it's I, amazing she's got a really good head on her shoulders and um she's been through a lot more than any single person should ever go through and um, let alone go through multiple times in her life but i'm in completely impressed with what she has done with all that trauma um, instead of what that trauma has done, done to her and That's left awesome. her with. So um, not only as a mom, but as a woman and as a person, I am incredibly just in awe of her strength. And I mean, if I could just have the amount of strength in that in my pinky, um, I would be, you know, one of the strongest people ever. So, um, you know, it's, really cool when your kids you know are still interested in stuff you do and like you said take take your advice and lead, lead that life and have a you know happy life and that kind of stuff and the stuff. plus too is she's out in nature with yes. you guys and i think that yeah. nature in, in whatever you know aspect you decide to go out in nature and tackle it yep. i think that that provides something that a lot of people don't get right. to see or choose to see or however you look at it nowadays um, it's just amazing yeah and we we you know we Try to do what we can to keep her interested um but you know i i ultimately know that you know there might be one day she wakes up she's like i don't want to be a hunter and i will at least know at the end of the day that we did what we could to show her you know how to hunt um you know respectfully and ethically and um gave her that choice and she made that choice 
experiencing it and not fighting Excuse it the me. whole time. Excuse- Thomas. 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 You got these guys. I don't care if he's doing a giveaway. I'm doing a podcast and they walk into my space. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to keep going. I was going to give them guff because they're not paying attention. Somebody just won a bow, apparently, oh. from uh, Universal Outdoor Products with uh, 6 a.m. with Thomas and Tristan. Where's that? Huck was misbehaving for him. Yeah. <laughs> Huck's being bad. So, I, I don't know. I think just, the you know, getting out in nature and, and seeing that and being able to understand... Mm-hmm that there's more out there right. is, you know, yeah. there's nothing better than her making that decision and, and having both sides right. to base to that be decision able to on. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, we're so lacking in that. Yeah. And so what, any, any other? So I want to talk about the calling, okay. right? Because you are Lauren's caller. I am. Um, talk strategy a little bit. What's your, what's your go-to and, and what puts you on that path for that strategy? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it's the exposure that you've had to them in, in the wild. It is. Um, also, it kind of comes naturally to me a little bit because I'm, this is going to be a nerdy moment, but um, I had a scholarship to um, Juilliard for voice performance. Oh, that wow. I turned down um, to go to um, a different school to be able to follow my passion. Um, and so I've been a singer, you know, my whole life was trained classically. Um, I have horrid stage fright, uh, even though I always wanted to be on Broadway. Um, and when I found out that Juilliard didn't do a, um, a, a performing, you know, theater, um, performing type, um, class or, you know, major, mm-hmm. I said, I don't really want to end up, you know, just teaching. I'm not a huge kid fan, like of other kids, you, right. know, <laughs> you know, I don't want to spend time you know, trying to teach them music for like a class that the only reason why they're in there is to be able to check off the performing right. arts credit or whatever. So, um, I decided not, so because of that, it's kind of, uh, I call a lot with, um, you know, not only my own voice, but, um, I don't really use diaphragm calls at all. Um, I use the, have you seen the real game calls? Yes. The, the pinch ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure if Drew is still making those calls at all, but um, I've been using them and trying to repair the ones that I've worn out um, for a few years now. But for me, they sound the most realistic for a cow mew. And I can even do like the cow, um, like the cow wine. Um, and I can get the influx really well on it. As far as bugling, I just bugle myself into a tube. Um, and then I do um, like the glunking with the bugle tube. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually religiously watched um, the University of Elk Hunting, um, and I was mundane messaging Corey Jacobson and you know stupid stupid messages that he actually you know responded to to help me out um, as far as you know timing since I'd never hunted elk before and Lauren never even thought about the questions that I was asking. He's like, I don't know the answer to that. No one's ever asked me that. I never thought about that. Like, cause I. I was like, what, you know, what pitch do I need to be at to make him, you know, when I'm going back and forth with this bull to make him think that if he doesn't come in the last, you know, 20 yards, that there's no way that he's going to be able to get this cow to his harem, or there's no way that this satellite bull is going to stop, you know, bothering his harem and trying to steal his cows. 
what pitch do I need to be at, you know, at that moment? And he's like, I don't know, just, you know, just call or do another cow. I'm like, well, if I call too much of the cow, and he's gonna know that she's still around, that she's gonna eventually come. Right, you know, he's to not him gonna worry about it. If he if she hasn't already, you know, left. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I've never thought about the type of things that you think about. Like he says, I think about them as I guess I in a way I'm like humanizing their, you know, interaction filled with hormones or whatever. Right. And uh, but he says every time I think about it that way I end up being right and they end up, you know, responding to us and um, and Unfortunately, it's never really happened in a hunting setting because we've never really been able to be one-on-one -on -one with a bull like that in Colorado. We've mm -hmm. never found a spot like he has in Montana that we've been very successful in. We've never been able to be that successful in, in, Colorado, in Colorado with elk. So it's always in a, um, we're getting photographs or videography perspective, and it's where we find bulls that nobody else are around. And we're just able to be with that bull intimately in his harem and all these other satellite bulls coming in just super intimately ourselves, without crazy people around, without crazy rangers. And I'm able to keep them, you know, in that area when they're trying to, you know, leave a few times and keep them coming back. So um, I learned to be really aggressive as far as you're apparently there's you can't call too much. Lauren grew up thinking that if you call too much, then they're going to go away. Well, at least in that setting, you can't call too much. If I stop calling, that's when they're like, they lose interest. Right, what's going on? Yeah, because, I mean, the bull's so, I mean, he has no idea which way's up, which way's down. He just he just knows he needs to respond to those sounds mm -hmm. in one way or the other and, you know, respond accordingly. So um, I am I do, like, the big, I'll, I'll cut them off when they're bugling. That's fun. Yeah, and, oh, my <laughs> God, that pisses them off. It's fun. And, you know, Lauren, Lauren will, you know, rake sometimes, and um, but... It's just, I don't know, I I get so much thrill and I'll totally forget that I'm supposed to be videoing or I'll totally forget that I'm supposed to be taking pictures because I'm just like in my you know zone. And um, to see, it makes me very proud and makes me feel capable and makes me feel like I'm helping. Um, and even when we get um, calls back from like an elk when we are hunting way far away, um, even if we can't get them called in all the way, then even know, just knowing that I was able to kind of keep them engaged for a little bit and that potentially could have helped Lauren mm -hmm. be more successful. God, that fulfills me with so much joy. It's so, it's just unexplainable. And when I hear him just, you know, talk about how much I call or how now, like how he enjoys my calling. Okay. Oh. Sorry. Um, it, I just, I just feel proud or I, you know, I kind of feel like a badass and yeah. it's, it's not it's not like I'm really doing that much to help but it's something that I really enjoy and he he likes it and he thinks it's cool and it, he likes to brag about it so I'm like Heck yeah oh, he brags about it because right. that's what he'll say it every yeah. time you yeah. talk elk he's like yep that's my caller that's yeah. my caller and then of course you know the stupid you know insecurity me is like is he saying that because he really thinks I do it too much or I'm, am I annoying him and he's like no 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 way don't do it don't 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 stop doing it just keep doing it so Especially if you're hitting all those little points that, and it's it's causing the light to come yes. on in his head. Oh my god, that's a big deal. Yeah, and you know, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, and he's like, you're like the kid in middle school that does you know whatever possible to get these two guys to fight, and you're like in the cafeteria going fight, fight, the instigator. fight, fight. Yeah, and he's like, you were just like amped up on you know causing problems, and um, you know it's. I I still also worry you know about. Am I just like creating havoc for these animals or, you know, 
So I de we definitely try to not do things that would seem, you know, like right we're on the cusp. Harassing, yeah, right. harassing them in any way. I mean, they can't even see us. They don't, you know, we're not causing harm to them in any way or, you, you know, mm -hmm. there's always that fine line that, so. And that's but, something that I, you know, and I don't know, September's a, you know, it's mm -hmm. 30 days of that, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. thousands of us out there doing it. And mm -hmm. that's something that, you know, maybe we need to consider. I wouldn't, I would have never considered it in hunting season for whatever right. reason, but I think about it any other time. Yeah. You know, yeah. I see people trying to approach animals and I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Yep. I, I done. So when I started kind of taking over the good bull, like content creation, mm -hmm. um, we had found these really, really, really cute, uh, triplet fawns, um, that this doe had just birthed and, um, or given birth to. And, um, we immediately, I see a fawn or a calf and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to call him squishy. I'm going to take him home. He will be mine. I want to cuddle him. <laughs> but at the same time, I see anybody else. I, I don't approach him. I'm, I'm sitting in my car saying this, you know, as we're taking pictures with telephoto, but you know, I'm making jokes about, Oh, if I could just, you know, pick you up and put you in my car and, you know, say the stupid things. If I see anybody else, like literally try to approach this animal or is doing thing like riding a dirt bike or something really annoying around them i get super angry yeah, and so i'm like such you know a hypocrite because i have those you know you're so cute i want to take you home thoughts i don't ever act on them right. but i still heck yeah if it was legal and i wasn't gonna hurt the animal and i could just babysit it for a little bit and to let the doe go and eat heck yeah i'd do it in a heartbeat but yeah you know i mean it's cool to have those interactions but i want the happenstance interactions mm -hmm. right you guys had posted a, a a video maybe it was yesterday day before or something mm -hmm. with that guy yes i was like what is this moron doing he oh my yes and he's he's someone that's also like apparently residing in estes right now and i don't know if lauren ended up telling you he actually reached out to lauren was like i was in no way harassing that animal i was what do you mean you're not uh, you're within six feet yeah, yes he, you are yeah he's like i was way further than 25 yards i'm like you could literally put your hand through a, you know, a two inch bush and touch this animal. Yeah. Just because you have something in between you doesn't mean, doesn't anything. mean anything. You're still in their space. You're still invading their space. And then for him to run in between a whole bunch of, I mean, it's like, God, what? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. That was, that was one of the worst ones I've seen in a long yeah. time. And I was waiting for the carnage, kind of hoping for the carnage. I do too. I'm so <laughs> I, it's horrible, that. but I, I was waiting. I was like, come on, get him, yeah. get him, get him. So then he starts running. Right. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, that the second yeah. bull's going to get him. Yeah. It's like, why didn't this happen in rut? Or why wasn't that a cow with calves? Like, you know, you think about all these scenarios for this oh, guy to, man. For, and it sucks that we have to think about that for this person to actually possibly learn a lesson. He could even be one of those people where he, I mean, he would have to unfortunately be killed in order to have learned his lesson. We'll see what happens yeah. when he tries that during the rut. Exactly. When the bulls are pumped yep. up and he invades that space. Yep. And let's see if he thinks that his arm distance was yep. sufficient. We've actually had, um, so right in Estes is, you know, Lake Estes and around Lake Estes is really um, cool trail. Mm -hmm. And um, we've actually had people that are, you know, Estes residents um, that, you know, are completely always follow the you know rules as how far to stay away they actually know in their head when it's uh, calving season to maybe stay the full yardage of like a bear yardage so like the 100 right. instead of just the 25 just to give that cow space to be able to protect her young and also feed or you know whatever the case may be and they were definitely they have video they're definitely i would say over 100 yards and just because they happen to come around a corner 
and a guy was coming towards them riding a freaking bike. I don't know why the bike was allowed during that time, but riding a bike, this cow elk comes out of the brush, flips out, starts chasing the biker. I mean, it should have, obviously, but then sees the two people over 100 yards away, just standing there and realizing, okay, this is bad. They start to turn, you know, they turn around to walk away to get away from the situation. The cow didn't like that. So she turned her attention because she couldn't catch the biker on them, chase them all the way across the golf course, all the way across the main road in Estes. And at this point, who knows where her calf is, right. you know? And it's like, they, so tourists don't understand that this, this cow is gonna do everything possible, even leave their calf to try to make sure that you don't do anything to ever come in their zone to threaten their calf. And it doesn't, you know, it it doesn't matter if one day it was sweet and let you walk by it and didn't do anything I, sweet, quote unquote sweet, but you know, it wasn't um, threatened, let's say, mm -hmm. and let you walk by and the next day, it, it feels triggered. like you're threatened. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing, it matters what it thinks and that's what it's gonna act on. Yep. So, yeah. So. It's, that's a yeah it's an interesting yeah. because it's the big thing right is for people to go now you know and and we go and we we get these pictures and we mm -hmm. these experiences and we want to share them but we want to do it in a respectful manner not just to the animal but for you know for the outdoor community yeah and right? to be able to still have that privilege yes going you don't want that privilege to be taken yes. away because you did something right but other people are doing something wrong you know how society works. It yep. doesn't just because one person did something wrong, even though everybody else is doing right. All the right, right doing people will probably have to pay See for that later. one person. That one, yep. Yeah. So one apple spoils a bunch yep. type thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel fortunate that the things that we are loving to do have only been impeded slightly by other people's wrongdoing. Um, but I, I know it's probably going to end up getting there to where we're not going to even be able to enjoy our national parks to you know that kind of stuff so that's let's end it on a strong okay. note so let's okay. talk about that in terms of the outdoor community the mm -hmm. hunting demographic right. outdoor photographers or wildlife photographers in trying to do it in two to three minutes what should we be doing what can we be doing to make sure that we are all right the outdoor community is one we may disagree what should we be doing or what should we be looking at or trying to do however you want to frame that in order to keep these activities privileges rights however you view it available not just for us not and but for future generations um i think a couple things uh i think one we need to all take a step back and peel back the layers of trying to find out why the national parks were there in the first place what the original intent of roosevelt was to you know start the national parks for us and focus on that as a whole and stop fighting each other because all we're doing we're fighting each other so much on these trivial things that it's causing all this backdraft of things other things to happen because we can't just stop fighting each other and focus on enjoying these national parks that people are our public lands or whatever the case may be outdoors that people have been able to enjoy with no problem for how many generations now mm -hmm. and so i guess also maybe the third thing figure out what changed so much what was the one thing that changed so much to make it so quote unquote hard now to be able to enjoy those things that people have been able to do for generations for <laughs> and generations and still disagree with other people like you said 
and but still not to have to get all these crazy stipulations put in or all all these dramatic dramatic things and drastic things taken away mm-hmm. and i probably didn't even give you a good answer but i just no i think I, but and and the point of that question is to spawn thought more than right. to get an answer right? right as we're talking is to have everybody kind of think about it yeah. you know and and it goes back to what we were saying earlier right is is have your have your opinion do some you know some yeah. research form your opinion again it's okay for your opinion to kind of be a moving target as right. you learn and grow and you know experience new things yeah um i think it's huge so i don't i don't think there's a wrong answer right. for that you and know? I, I think also people just need to start thinking about what makes them happy like take some inner you know thought and inner look what really makes you happy what do you enjoy doing and what what would you how can you not ruin that thing that you enjoy like what what can you do in the future to make sure that that thing isn't taken away from you like Mm -hmm. just do your own part watch out for your own self stop worrying about you know what all these other people are doing so much and maybe if everybody does that as well then things just kind of take care of themselves. It would smell know. like a bed of roses. Know. <laughs> you know, the people don't like roses. They like, you know, gardenia. It's better. Yeah. So that's, why, you know? that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, shoot. Cool. This was fun. Yeah, I'm glad we got to sit down yeah. and, and chat. Just, you know, you and I. I and, uh, am too. I feel, I feel very honored. And I feel special. Um, I'm absolutely honored to have you guys in the booth. Um, yeah. I'm stoked to be able to put the good bull art on here i mean yeah. that's what it is right i say art and people goes a picture isn't it <laughs> but it's it's art it's it's a picture of some people but to us it's not only art it's like and every single you know picture that's on here i can immediately attach the memory that i Heck have yeah. with it and i know I, when i did it lauren was like man i wish they would have kept the antlers i go me too yeah and then i opened this thing and i set it up and i was like it's perfect yeah it's beautiful right it's perfect because we're always so attracted and or distracted mm-hmm. by the bone on the head but right. when you look up at that bull yeah. like just that image right there with the brow tines you know exactly yep. what that sucker's doing yep. and <laughs> to be able to see the you know his glands and everything oh, is yeah. just i mean he uh yeah he was and that was probably like the 80th time that he'd gotten fired up and he was trying so hard to bed down and rest and it just wasn't happening everyone was picking on him and, and uh, that's actually the last time that we've been able to see him in What's the meadow. Yeah. yeah. And we are praying to God that he survived the fires. So we're praying to God that we get to see him again. We last year, the fires really depleted not only our hunting and pictures. So I am so excited to get back into the meadow, you know, and hopefully see him and in the future, see his offspring. I mean, I'm just waiting to be able to tell his offspring, yeah. you know, it's like that one's got big thirds. That's yeah, incredible. There yep, yep. There's a legacy. So, Heck yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's well, exciting. Ali, I appreciate Thank you it. so much. Yep, I appreciate you guys, your yeah. friendship, everything. I'm so glad we got to see y'all in person. Heck yeah, it was I, a long time coming. I, yeah, I I feel fortunate to know y'all even more now. So, yep. and even though you were sneaky and paid for dinner last night. Lauren tried sneaky. the same thing. I, that's, that's, but it didn't work. So you're, it's your fault now because you were sneaky. <laughs> you're successfully sneaky. I'm the winner. Yeah, whatever, whatever you know, happened story you made up to not have to let us know that you paid you know fine okay i walked in right and yeah. she had a plates in her hand i go hey 
my friends out there are going to argue. I know they're going to argue about who's paying. Can I just pay our bill now? She goes, yes, let me go take these out and I'll be right back in. So I legitimately had to go and use the yeah. restroom. Mm -hmm. And I went over to the restroom and I'm looking back and forth and I'm peeking out the window because I was like, Lauren's going to get suspicious. Right. And I'm peeking out. I'm like, it doesn't it, take that long to go to the yes. bathroom. So then she's not back in. So I'm, I'm jiggling the handle. Right. And I'm like, I'm just going to go bug whoever's in there. And it's, yeah. you know, and then she walks back in. So I run over there and she grabbed more plates by the time I got up oh. there. And I go, crap. Then I see the kid come out and I'm like, okay, I'm going to the bathroom. When I, she's still outside. When I come out of the bathroom, I'm looking out the window and then she walks in and I had asked the other waitress, they both said manager. I don't know I if you guys know, noticed that. that. Yeah. So the second manager that asked us how everything was yeah. when we were out there, she was there. She didn't know the other girl's number to get oh, into God. the cash register. Oh. So I was, when, when she finally got in there, I was like, just take my card and do it. She goes, oh, we'll just wrap it up now. So I'm like, oh, oh. this is gonna be blown. See, <laughs> all the stress you went, you endured, you know, still just won. to be duplicitous. And <laughs> did you know the way he was doing? She had no idea. Okay. I did not. Were you were like, were you like, I know she's going to say, Why, what's taking him so long? He's never that, you know, no. it spends that long in the restroom. Oh, I do. That's, yeah. yeah that, he well, hey, that's, that's, <laughs> let, that's Lauren's sacred time. Yeah. We don't need to, we don't want to, you know, diminish that. So, yeah, it was yeah. pretty funny. So, but what was funnier is as soon as he goes, where's the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he got up and walked away. I knew immediately as soon as he asked me. And then I looked at Rosanna and I was like, He's your money's no good. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. And then Lauren comes back all, you know, just distraught because the guy beat him to the punch and he types in his phone and then shows it to me and says, we have competition now. He already paid for the bill. And I look up at guy. I'm like, you sneaky. Ah, that's man. awesome. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we well, just need yeah. All right. We got plan. Yeah. We got a plan to get up to Estes yep. with them. And then if you guys I'm sure you'll be at Hunt Expo this yep. this next one. Yes. So yes, um, Dennis and Joe just told me this morning I'm back in the booth. Yay. So we'll have to do we'll have to make up for two years ago, get you yes. guys in the booth and we'll do yes. a live from, from the IA booth. So I'm super pumped. I was bummed. I'm bummed that math is over. I'm super stoked because that means that hunting season is closer. Yep. And then show season. And then show season. Yeah. Right. So then we right. get to all, you know, have our, our air quote family reunion yep. again and get FaceTime. And, and it is a family and it's a lifestyle. It's not just this, you know, one weekend day, yeah. you know, out of the year where we yep. go kill an animal. It's the. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. We get to experience each other yes and that's the that's what to me that's one of the coolest yeah. parts yeah and enjoy the harvest that we all work you yeah. know so hard to share the stories yep. it's yep. awesome yeah. cool we Yay. said bye like 10 times bye ali bye <laughs> thank you for listening follow western contours on instagram subscribe on youtube and sign up at westerncontours.com episodes are available on most major platforms apple podcast google play and stitcher Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.